Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The deadliest terror attack in New York City since 9-11, the president now lashing out. And was a law signed by another Republican president to blame for Tuesday's attack. Plus, was the coffee boy's job much more than just coffee? This is the State of America tonight. Today we mourn the horrifying terrorist attack in New York City. Eight people killed on the bike and footpath running along the Hudson River. President Trump is blaming Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer for the terror suspect being in America in the first place. President Trump, where is your leadership? Instead of dividing, instead of politicizing, do something real, Mr. President. I am today starting the process of terminating the diversity lottery program. Special counsel Mueller's probe, it's moving full steam ahead on many fronts. New details from court filings reveal that Manafort currently has not one, not two, but three different U.S. passports. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. Tour viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Tonight, a terror attack in New York City, the horror unfolding Tuesday in lower Manhattan, in the shadow of the Freedom Tower, blocks from where the World Trade Center once stood. Eight people are dead, another 13 wounded, after a man used a rented pickup truck to plow through a crowded bike path. The suspect is 29 years old. He's from Uzbekistan, but was living in New Jersey after coming to the United States in 2010. He was shot by a New York City police officer. He's now recovering in a hospital. What happened yesterday was not okay. It will never be something any of us will just accept as inevitable. It appears that Mr. Sapov had been planning this for a number of weeks. He did this in the name of ISIS um, and along with the other items recovered at the scene was um, some notes that further indicate that. But one key question is, when was he radicalized? New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo says right here in the United States. He is a depraved coward, is what he is. Uh, and uh, he, he was associated with ISIS, and he was radicalized domestically. After he came to the United States is uh, when he started to become informed about ISIS uh, and radical uh, Islamic tactics. President Trump, for his part in his first remarks, had a very different way of describing the suspect. My administration is coordinating closely between federal and local officials to investigate the attack and to further investigate this animal who did the attacking.
and others are focused on when the guy actually turned to ISIS. President Trump is more focused on where the, where others are focused on when this guy actually turned to ISIS. Uh, President Trump is more focused on how the suspect got here in the first place and also in his view who is to blame. Tweeting this earlier today. The terrorist came into our country through what is called the Diversity Visa Lottery Program, a Chuck Schumer beauty. I want merit-based. Quick note on this one. Yes, Democrat Chuck Schumer was a key player in crafting this visa program. The program was meant to increase the number of immigrants to the United States from countries with low rates of American immigration. That was passed in 1990, but it was a bipartisan bill signed by a Republican president, George H.W. Bush. Also true is this. In 2013, that same senator, that same Chuck Schumer tried to actually end that same program as part of another bipartisan immigration effort. That effort failed. The president promised today to end the program once and for all. With all that being said, Senator Schumer responded. The president ought to stop tweeting and start leading. The American people long for leadership, not divisiveness, not finger pointing, not name calling. This is a tragedy. It's less than a day than after it occurred. And he can't refrain from his nasty, divisive habits. Something echoed by the Democratic governor of New York. The president's tweets, I think, were not helpful. Um, I don't think they were factual. I think they tended to point fingers and politicize the situation. But even Republicans say the president hit the wrong note today. One New York Republican even offered the president some advice. Well, he's the president, but uh, I, I would just say that I would do what President Bush did after 9-11, focus on those who were murdered, and also stand with the NYPD and the FBI. And considering Trump based part of his campaign on slamming that same President Bush, his legacy and his war on terror, to just name a couple things, I very much doubt that President Trump is going to be taking Congressman King's advice. But he does seem to have some pretty blunt advice of his own for his own Justice Department today. Listen. We need quick justice and we need strong justice, much quicker and much stronger than we have right now. Because what we have right now is a joke and it's a laughing stock. And that's with regard to how they handle terror cases. So something that is also no joke and, well, no laughing matter, the Russia investigation. Remember this line coming from the White House about former foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign, George Papadopoulos? Look, uh, this individual was the member of a volunteer advisory council that met one time over the course of a year. He was a volunteer on, a, again, a council that met once. And it's not just that. He was also a nobody, according to other former campaign advisors. The guy was... He was the coffee boy. I mean, you, you might have called him a, a, a foreign policy analyst, but in fact, you know, if he was going to wear a wire, all we know now is whether he prefers a caramel macchiato over a regular American mm-hmm. coffee. Well, it now seems to be maybe a little bit more than that. Sources telling CNN Papadopoulos actually attended at least one other meeting with the campaign, and it's not just his attendance that's getting more attention now. Listen. 
George Papadopoulos at that March 31st, 2016 meeting said that he could set up this meeting between then-candidate Trump and Vladimir Putin. Candidate Trump uh, did not rule it out. Uh, he kept the option open, didn't say yes or no, made some remarks about this. Uh, and later in the conversation, it was Jeff Sessions, now the attorney general, then the senator from Alabama, said pretty clearly this should not go forward. Well, one thing that will go forward, Bob Mueller's interviews with White House staffers, and that will include White House Communications Director Hope Hicks. Hicks, who was the Trump campaign spokeswoman, she is one of the president's longest serving aides. And it is set, and, and she is now set to be interviewed by the special counsel later this month. Someone no longer giving interviews, I think we could probably say. Paul Manafort, the president's former campaign chairman, who was slapped with an indictment this week and now faces a dozen charges. He is under house arrest as well. And new details coming out may explain why. Court documents show that Manafort had three passports that he was working with, applying for as many as 10 over the last decade. Manafort traveled the globe in the past year, but it was really his travel to Mexico, China, and Ecuador that is raising the questions here. He allegedly traveled to those three places with a phone and an email account that was registered in a fake name. Manafort's next court appearance is tomorrow. Amid all of this, there are new reports on just how the president is planning to respond to it all and maybe, a, and maybe in a first, uh, this time, not following the advice of his former chief strategist, Steve Bannon. Bannon, who urged the White House to launch an all-out attack against the special counsel, Bob Mueller, he may have to go it alone now. Sources say that the president spoke to Bannon this week and said that he is going to continue actually cooperating with the investigation. So it appears Mueller's job is safe, at least for now. Let me say this, and I have said this. There is no conversation regarding firing Robert Mueller, and there's no basis to fire Robert Are Mueller you ruling on anything out? that we've seen. So I'm, I will say this. The president has not indicated to, to me or to anyone else that I work with that he has any intent on terminating Robert Mueller. A quick note to Robert Mueller. Just ask James Comey, Tom Price, and Michael Flynn to name a few just how quickly that opinion can change for the president. So best advice here, as with everything in Washington these days, don't get too comfortable. Let's go over to the White House, where no one's comfortable at the moment. President's response to the terror attack here in New York. Sarah Murray is at the White House with much more for us on this. So, Sarah, we heard from the president today, and it was, we need to get tougher, we need to get smarter. That's what the president says needs to happen. But is the White House explaining exactly what that looks like? Well, he's giving some indication of what he wants to see. I mean, one is calling on Congress to terminate this diversity lottery program. It hands out about 50,000 visas annually to countries with low rates of immigration to the United States. The president also took to Twitter to call for stepping up the extreme vetting program, but it's unclear exactly what he's talking about. And remember, Kate, when we talk about a diversity lottery program, it's not like you get chosen in this lottery and all of a sudden you get to come to the United States with no strings attached. The people who are chosen through this lottery go through the same amount of checks. They go through the same amount of screenings as anyone who is trying to immigrate to the U.S. through any other channel. So there are systems in place to screen immigrants coming into the U.S. We will see how Congress decides to react to this. This is a program uh, that Republicans and Democrats have tried to bring an end to at various points, usually in the context, as you were saying earlier, of broader immigration reform. But obviously the president is adamant that something needs to be done legislatively today in response to this attack. And let's see, as we've seen, if we've seen in Congress, getting anything legislatively mm -hmm. done 
has been a very difficult process. Let's see. Sarah, great to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. So they may agree with him on policy, but even some Republicans are not liking how the president is playing politics in the wake of the New York City terror attack. We'll discuss the panels next. Tougher, smarter, faster, and forget about being politically correct. That is what the president wants to see in the aftermath, the immediate aftermath, of the worst terror attack in New York since 9-11. What does that look like? Why is he slamming his own Justice Department and how they handle terror cases? And why is the president blaming Democrats for this terror attack? Let's get some answers, or maybe I'll just keep asking questions. Susan Del Percy, a Republican strategist, she is here. Zerlina Maxwell is here as well, Demo- Director of Progressive Programming at Sirius XM and former Director of Progressive Media for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Joe Borelli is a Republican New York City Councilman, and Caitlin Huey Burns, National Political Reporter at Real Clear Politics. All right, <clears throat> amazing how politics got quickly into this. I actually would like to say I'm rarely surprised, um, but I was actually surprised on this one. Caitlin. The president points fingers after this attack, but calls for unity after the last one, the last attack on U.S. soil, terror attack we would all agree was, in Las Vegas. What's the difference? Well, we've seen that the president responds to terrorist attacks very quickly, right? Remember, after In general, sh- yes. In general. Uh, he responds to them uh, calling them terrorist attacks, even when we don't have all of the information. Uh, remember, after Charlottesville, he said that he likes to take time to assess uh, assess the information before calling it what uh, other people have called these kinds of attacks. So there's that. We also know that he speaks um, really pretty impulsively, right? So he's calling to um, get rid of this diversity law as it pertains to immigration, um, calling to send people to Gitmo, um, Guantanamo Bay, uh, which has caused a lot of uh, alarms on among yep. Republicans who don't think that's a good idea because it takes forever. And um, if, if he were, and then of course attacking the senator of New York uh, where this happened, um, it, it doesn't get him very far, right? You want to, we well, want the president a, That's actually to, a good question. Where, where, does it, where does it get anyone? I mean, Joe, yesterday, today, these are horrible days for you. And everyone and all of your constituents. Sure, I, I knew a lot of the police that responded and know, that bravely. Is, that bravely responded. I mean, it happened in four minutes. Is how fast this attack happened, and eight people were left dead. I'm talking to Republicans on Capitol Hill who support, if you if, support extreme vetting, support yeah. even ending this program, and do not like the tone that the president has hit here. Sh- should he be politicizing this? Should he be hitting Schumer right now? Look, if you don't like the tone uh, of the president was taking today, and you also didn't like the tone that people like Chuck Schumer himself and like Hillary Clinton took the day after the Las Vegas shooting, where they were on Twitter going after the NRA, going after Republicans who broadly support gun legislation, I mean, I, I think you can't ignore the fact that that's a little bit hypocritical, specifically with okay. Chuck Schumer, who in less time between the shooting stopping in Las Vegas uh, and him speaking on the floor of the Senate, he spoke about... Republicans in the NRA. But along the same line, then, what is the difference then? Because the president was very clear, it's time for unity after Las Vegas. It's not time to talk politics. And today, he wants to talk politics. Why is it okay to talk politics in the after if it's immigration and not if it's gun policy? I, I think the president is, has one of these abilities to tap into the, the anger of the moment. And I think that's what you saw him doing. Uh, I think after something There's like this happened... There's a lot of happened, anger after Vegas. I'm sure there was. You know, I, I certainly felt it myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to see that. Of course not. I'm someone who supports broadly, you know, gun rights. Um, but I think the president taps into this sort of. Uh, wh- why is this happening elsewhere in the world? And why did, uh, to some degree, 
uh, our law enforcement fail us to, to stop preventing this, and what can we do to prevent it going forward? Well, I mean, he is in charge now. That's the thing that, uh, that, that almost seemed to be, I don't know, it seemed almost lost in when we heard the president speak today, Susan. Um, he, in, he slams the judicial system, the Justice Department, I, I guess, that's the only person who, the only group of people he could have been criticizing, and how they handle terror cases and saying that it's a laughing stock and a joke and how they're all being handled. This is his Justice Department, though, that he's talking about. He doesn't act as if he has had the job for the last 10 months. And that's what everyone's especially so frustrated with on the Republican side. He has to take ownership. And you know what? Whether you agree or disagree about the, the lottery program, yeah. the immigration lottery program, which let's Democrats make sure. Democrats wanted to be rid of right. it as well. Right. Right. And yeah, let's make clear, this, this, yeah. pro- this lottery program isn't like you have a card and you're given number B-22 right. and you go, bingo, I got it. And the flip there side, a uh, lot of that. Uh, Peter, Peter King, a Republican, said, I know people who came through that lottery system and they're great people. So this is a bi- it's bipartisan but in both directions. But yeah. here's the thing. Wherever you stand on it, and even if the wherever the president went today, the biggest fundamental problem that's there, and it's been with everything else he's tried to achieve so far, whether it be health care or tax reform, what do you want? Don't tell me, I as as an American, that you are going to tell Congress to get their act together and give them something. That's not your job, Mr. President. We have to get much tougher and much smarter and much less politically correct. Okay, I want to know what that actually means. and, And how are you going to do it? You want to be less political correct? What are you going to do? You want to ask harder questions on those forms? You want to ask things that are tough questions? Great. What are they? Explain them. Give us some real guidance. You are a leader. Now, on the fact of him attacking Chuck Schumer, who, frankly, I am no fan of, it (laughs) was disgraceful. You do not do that the day after an attack on American soil, frankly, anywhere. And to go after Chuck Schumer and somehow implicate him because of some of the positions he's had is beyond the pale. That is not what leadership is. And every leader we've seen around the world has immediately stepped up to try and unite their country and the world. And this man, this morning, sought to further divide us over a terror attack, and that's despicable. One thing the president said as well is Democrats don't want to get anything done. I, I think he was talking about when it comes to immigration and vetting. I mean, Zulina, there is a tough question to be asked, and, and it is entered a political realm, and it has been for a very long time. You may not like the branding, the whole term extreme vetting and trying to define exactly what that is, but why should any Democrat be opposed to knowing who's coming into the country and and changing the changing the regulations, the guidelines, and, and what and what questions are asked when people come into the country? I don't think Democrats are opposed to that. What I, what I think that they want is a comprehensive immigration reform package, which Republicans have blocked in previous Congresses. And I also think that when you're talking about extreme vetting, the, that wouldn't have caught this particular person. He came from Uzbekistan, which is um, part of the former Soviet bloc. So it's not even among the countries that President Trump wants to um, extreme vet these folks. And I think that wouldn't elephant, have been part of the travel ban. Correct. Either. And so the elephant in the room here, I think, is the fact that this person was Muslim and not white. Uh, because there have been plenty of terrorist attacks. Vegas was a terrorist attack. You're saying attack. that's the difference between Vegas yes. and here. Whenever he can pander to his base, which is ripe for a particular message, um, he does so. When it's a white person committing acts of terror, he does not do what that. What do you say, Joe? 
Look, I, I just don't think it should come as any surprise that there are people affiliated with ISIS who want to come into this country and do us harm. I agree, if, but, what if, do you, but, but, but to this point, the president, what do you say to Zerlina, who says the president's okay in going where he is today if it's, some, if it's, if it's someone, if someone of the Muslim faith? And not if it's a white man in Vegas. Look, I, I think if you could have found a way to stop uh, the, the Vegas shooter from doing that, uh, I don't think we would. We should even surmise that the president would not have done anything in his power. We don't know how to stop this. We don't know what. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. But he is offering a solution, not a, 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 a foolproof solution, but an idea on how to prevent these attacks in the yeah, future. Yeah, you know what? Also, could have helped prevent some of the attacks in Vegas. Bump stocks. Yeah, the bump stock legislation. Right, but but the day after the Las Vegas shooting, they were talking about background checks, and they were. Pontificating no, in the Senate floor, but, but the background checks sense, they were talking about. All the of next us day, around this table agrees that a semi-automatic should not be made into an automatic, Correct. and bump stocks would have stopped yeah, yes, it. Yes, we, we all agree that. that but but the day after the but Las Vegas that, shooting, that, that no wasn't what Chuck Schumer was talking There's about. There's no push for it. End this immigration program, but no push to stop to, to not allow a semi-automatic guns to become autom- an automatic weapon. Chuck Schumer, and I'm a gun owner. The day after was talking about. Now they're wrapping even me. That's how far over we've gone. Coming up, from coffee boy to coordinating meetings with Putin, new reports of just how big of a role this little-known foreign policy advisor actually may have played in the Trump campaign and what it matters now to the White House. We'll be right back. Do you want I could give you some of the names? I, I wouldn't be delighted. George Papadopoulos. He's an oil and energy consultant. Excellent guy. Excellent guy. Then-candidate Donald Trump there heaping praise on then- Trump campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos, the same advisor that the White House is now trying to distance itself from. A tougher job today amid new reports that Papadopoulos attended more campaign meetings than the White House had said and that he suggested to the president directly that he should meet with Vladimir Putin. And according to our reporting, the president gave a non-answer answer. What do you make of that? What do you make of a non-reaction reaction like this in a meeting? How important is that to the special counsel, when, as they're looking at George Papadopoulos, if the president is sitting there, Papadopoulos says, I can get you set up with Putin, and I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. The president showed some openness to that. Relevant today? Well, this is what's important about Papadopoulos, is because even if he was a coffee boy, which he wasn't, he is cooperating with the special counsel's yeah. office. He was sitting in at least that meeting uh, and others <clears throat> that have become clear. I think what's really uh, significant here is that um, I was talking to former foreign policy advisors to different presidents, and they say this is why campaigns matter, especially if you win. Uh, Trump's foreign policy team was assembled pretty hastily right. under criticism. Right, because it can't be both things, right, Caitlin? Exactly. He can't be a coffee boy and also have been excellent and on a foreign policy. Like, it's, one, exactly. One's a lie or the other's a lie. Exactly. And the campaign, as we all covered, was very small. You had people playing outsized roles that wouldn't traditionally yeah. in other campaigns. But That's you have fine, to accept it, But though. you have to accept that. And they had the access to top people in the campaign. L- legally, I don't know, set it aside. Politically, does this kind of hit to the heart of this pushback of he's a nobody, he's a volunteer, he went to one meeting... He's a somebody now. Well, he did attend one meeting with the president. Whether he had other meetings, that, that's, I, I guess, think, left I, to be it's determined. Like, I don't think the number of meetings, the but, number of your attendance No, no, you're right, but, but I'll tell you something that does matter. Let's no. play this out. Let's pretend we're at the meeting, and he says we should meet with Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend Jeff Sessions says no. Yep. Let's pretend Jeff Sessions says yes, and Donald Trump says okay. What's the crime? What is the crime? <laughs> well, Agreed. I think... 
Agreed. I mean, you, you might want to take a look at the statement of the offense document because that actually has a roadmap growth. of collusion. It doesn't just talk about that one specific meeting. It talks about emails going back and forth between Papadopoulos and Paul Manafort and also Sam Clovis, who... Uh, ironically spoke to the grand jury last week. So I think that right now um, we're in a different moment than we were before those documents came out on Monday. There, there is a literal roadmap of collusion in those documents uh, that the special prosecutor is looking at, and there are documents to back this up. And that being said, we only have a certain amount of actual indictments and facts right. in yeah. front of us. So we don't know what, the, what Mueller is actually going to come up with. Right. There's been no indication that he's found collusion. They haven't come out and said that. There's been no charge. But what we have is that we now have a lot of junior and mid-level staffers in the White House and former campaign workers. Yeah, I'd be taking a lot of days off. Definitely yep. wondering what they should be doing well, right now. Okay, reaching to out to point. the lawyer, and that goes to your political question. Right. How does it affect them? Right now, they don't. They see the way that this George Papadopoulos is being thrown under a bus. Well, what are they going to do to me? And so that, does I actually that do question. wonder if this is kind of the beginning of a new chapter, because yeah, Hope Hicks is going to be right, interviewed yeah. by the special counsel soon. She's one of Trump's longest serving aides. Mm-hmm. But does it, and is her it legal bills are being paid for. Well, <laughs> that, that is true. The message is, is don't, comes- don't lie to the FBI. I mean, that, that's clearly the message of the Papadopoulos uh, indictment is don't lie to the FBI. Um, again, though, let's suppose everything they're alleging is true. Mm-hmm. There's still no crime of yes, collusion that was, ha- that was committed. So why wasn't Hillary Clinton? Why wasn't Hillary Clinton? The, 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 the timeline actually crime. matters, and I, we never have time for me to actually get to it. He knew about said emails yep. before said emails were publicly yep. known. And then yeah. that's the stood difference. at the podium and said, Russia, yeah. if you're listening... Get Hillary Clinton's email. That's he the difference that with Papadopoulos. Roger place at that Stone point. is out there doing no, something. Don't, dro- <laughs> don't drop a Roger Stone in here right now. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is day 286 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.